Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back here in the Rugby Dungeon, as we are, 52 weeks of the year. Every single Monday morning you have a rugby fix, whatever's going on in our life. Uh, I'm Tim, that's JB. Hello Tim. And that's Phil. Hello Tim. We're all together in person. When was the last time we were all here? It's been, it's been a little while. A few weeks, What happened it? last week? Where were we last week? Uh, I was camping. I you, was in Edinburgh. You very um, belatedly told us you're at a wedding. At the, we're going oh, yeah, to yeah, yeah. time on the on the day before. Oh yeah. By the way, tomorrow I'm at a wedding. Well, I didn't expect. <laughs> yeah. I, I got my diary wrong. I, who has a wedding on Sundays? Anyway, it's that, a fair point. That, Self selfish. I've yeah. got a wedding on a Friday. In a few who days. does that? Selfish. Do they? Very selfish. Friday's all right, but Sunday. I didn't even know they let you do that. No, I mean... Was it religious? Sure. Was it in a church? It was not in a church. No, it can't be. I mean, our Lord and Saviour Jesus would not be happy about this. <laughs> no, quite. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, how is everyone? Are we all okay? Very good. JB, I must say, uh, I said it to you earlier today, you look magnificent... Stop it, Phil. ...in your, um, Stop it. your orange um, woolen... Is it cashmere polo? I don't know what it is. I got it from, it, I got it from TK Maxx. It's, I, a, I, it's a fantastic fit on you as well. And, and it is. May I add, you're in uh, fantastic shape as well. well. Um, I spent all, looking good. I spent all week eating too many calories, but I've also spent all week fishing, kayak fishing, which is tough work. Which catch? Yeah. Lots of mackerel, uh, a large bull hus, got a smooth hound. What's a bull hus? Bull hus is, um, I think you call it a nurse... Uh, no, uh, cats. It's like a. It's basically a dogfish. Uh, nurse, yeah, nurse hound. Nurse hound. That's known what as a large spotted dogfish. They're cool animals. Did you, it's, did a spe- it's, a, it's a species of cat shark, even though cat it's a large spotted dogfish. Did yeah. you did you gut and fill it and cook any of them? Uh, oh, I, I've been uh, been basically living on nothing but mackerel, mm. and now I've acquired a lobster pot. So. Well, when, <laughs> when when we're no longer allowed to go anywhere and protein is insects or nothing, this is your kayak and your fishing rod. Oh, yeah. This you'll, is... you'll be feeding the podcast, mate. I, I am prepared for the Great Reset. Believe you me. <laughs> uh, right. On this podcast, uh, there is some rugby to talk about. The Rugby Championship has begun. We'll, we'll talk about week one of the Rugby Championship, and there's a few other stories knocking around. Uh, we'll do... Uh, we're going to start as well our look ahead to the new season and by way of the emails that have been brilliantly coming in thank you for those and contact airchasers at gmail.com we're going to go through our yeah, preview preview of the season for premiership teams and any other teams 
whose fans get in touch with an email. Contact Chasers at gmail.com. By the way, we're anywhere you get your podcast. Hit subscribe, leave a five-star review, and for more content, go to patreon.com forward slash eggchasers. And seeing as there is not a lot of rugby content around, just, just checking, is there any, anyone else doing any podcasts? <laughs> There's loads of content around. Well, yeah, from us. Loads of content. Yeah, yeah, from us. Oh, yeah. oh I see, I see. No, the grassroots... Um podcasters have hung up their boots for the summer haven't they yeah, almost certainly almost so, certainly you know and they'll, if you want a bit more then more is available more is available patreon.com it's, it's never ending forward slash egg chasers all the rugby presumably meaning something to somebody <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, but a, few, a couple of stories then uh, firstly let's just touch on um, Ed Slater let's just mention him um, obviously diagnosed with motor neuron disease as we talked about a couple of weeks ago and is is, is he on his way on his bike as we speak. Has it started? I don't uh, know, actually. So it, it's tomorrow. Tomorrow it begins. Tomorrow, Monday, Monday the 8th, yes. 300 and something miles. Where's he going from and to, Phil? You've got the details. 350 miles goes from King's Home to Welford Ro- Road uh, with an overnight stay, and then they head off to Milton Keynes, which is his hometown club. Um, and then, is he then arrive going to Twickenham. To Twickenham. Yeah, right, I was going to say, he must be going somewhere near Twickenham because. Um, my brother, a former teammate of his, is doing 25 miles, and oh, I think, and he, li- cool. and he lives in Twickenham, so I think that's it. Must be that last uh, a bit there. Yeah. But, uh, but apparently, they've had so many people say, "Can I come and do it with you? Come and do it with you." And they're like, they've had to say, "Well, no, actually, only cool guys." But no, not only cool. I think <laughs> it's more. Brother. I think it's more logistics. Like they don't want to have to stick to a schedule if. Yeah. They want to let it slide, they let it slide. Anyway, so he's doing it with Sam Raven, who is the Gloucester team manager and a former teammate of his at Nottingham as well. Mm-hmm. And who else is he doing it with, does it say? Jim, friend of the pod, Jim Hamilton. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah, big Jim, yeah. Charlie Sharples, Alex Brown. That's it. Billy Twelve Trees, Lewis Ludlow, Fraser Balmain. Great. Yeah. Uh, Tom Tur- Tom Tommy Turner and, as you mentioned before, Sam Raven. Yeah. So, yeah. And of course, Nick Rouse. Well, he, doing, there'll be doing, lots, lots of his former teammates will be joining along the way. Where so will he just? Will your brother just do that stint, or will it be like a Nottingham stint with old boys from Nottingham? Do you know? I've no idea. Why don't you know these things? I'm assuming he's your it's brother because he lives in he lives near Twickenham, so I'm assuming he's doing Wait, what, something do you know around his there. <laughs> what, do you write to each other? <laughs> Basically, the conversation went, uh, went: Are you doing anything with uh, Slates' ride? Yeah, I'm doing 25 miles. Cool. Cool, bro. <laughs> I could probably ask him for more details. Oh, yeah. but <laughs> cool story, bro. What's the elevation like over those 25 miles? <laughs> who was in his team? This is actually really interesting. So who was in that Not- Nottingham team? Uh, Tom Youngs yep. was hooker. Um, Matt Parr, who went on to play at Leicester, was loose head prop. Who was, uh, no, he, he was hooker. Tom Youngs was centre. No, no, Tom Youngs was centre at Leicester. He went to Nottingham to convert to ah. hooker. So it was Matt Parr who went to Leicester, a uh, loose head prop. Hang on, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Sorry. I think they swapped, actually. I uh, think that was the story. I think... Duffy played really well. Joe Duffy was an amazing hooker and should have got should have got more Premiership game time. Matt Parr. Sorry, I'm thinking of Duffy. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. he went to Leicester. Tom Youngs was hooker. Uh, Petrus Duplessis was tight head prop. The second rows were Callum Green and (laughs) and Nick Rouse. Uh, Ed Slater was a flanker who slotted in at second row. Yeah, you had Sione Calamafoni number eight. I can't remember the seven. Was he there when Ali Williams played? Yeah. Over that period. Yeah, Ali Williams. He was teammate of Ali Williams Jesus. for a bit. World Cup winning Ali, Ali Williams. Party boy Ali Williams. Now he's Dan, yeah. Dan yeah. Carter's uh, gopher. Wing man, wing man. <laughs> <laughs> Took one for the team. And then there was uh, Tim uh, There was Tim Uzas, an American international at, at nine, and also Chris Pilgrim, who went to Newcastle Falcons I remember him. at nine. Tim Molinar was 
centre. Tim Taylor was fly half. Uh, Tim Strether went to Saracens, was outside yep, centre. Matt Smith, who played at Leicester and is now academy head coach, was uh, another one of their back line. And yeah, they're, they're, so what, that, what was that, that Harrison was, there as well? Who? Harrison, the Leicester, Leicester scrum half. Uh, yes, I think he was. But I don't know if you played scrum half for them because obviously sure. they, were, they sound like they were stacked there. Anyway, it was a very, very good Nottingham team. Wasn't so, it just? Yeah. You'd imagine, wouldn't you, if you're Nottingham fan at that time, thinking it's only a matter of time until we're a premiership. You must have thought that. Well, it, it depends on the year, but there was a period of time where different clubs were coming up and down. There was a period of time when Exeter were on their upward trajectory. Um, obviously, had Leeds came down and stayed down. London Welsh came down. Everyone thought they were going to stay down, but went back up. Yeah, down. Bristol were always Bristol for a period of like five years, yeah, six years, were spending big money, well, big squad, and, and not failing promoted, to get yeah. up. It wouldn't surprise me if when Nottingham were that team, they were contesting with either Northampton, Harlequins, or Worcester going up and down. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was uh, it, it was great the championship then, and the championship is. It's fantastic now. Uh, if only someone would broadcast it. Well, there, there was quite an interesting article in rugby paper this week. I think it was Steve Hill, Richmond coach. Uh, I didn't read that one. Oh, but no, no okay. just just talking about the ins and outs of the players in the championship. Oh yeah, with some of the big names, Premiership players who have already stepped down to Championship mm. level. Never mind the ones who are without a club and keeping themselves fit. Who are you talking about? Uh, Close to the mic. Jo- Jonah Holmes, Oliver Feller. Jonah, bloody Jonah Holmes. Yeah, he's gone to uh, Ealing. Another, yeah. another one. Um, I'm going to forget all of them. Died at the Dragons. Yes, he actually did that dry, die at the Dragons. Jeez, why Welsh international here? Yeah. Why yeah. do people do it? He was he's rapid as well. Yeah, go on. Sorry, uh, who else? Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, lots. There was, there was, yeah. <laughs> I can't Dan remember. Lancaster's gone, but there, there was others as Dan well. Dan Lancaster's at Ealing as well, isn't he? Yeah, gone to Ealing. Uh, Dan Bibby, obviously not Premiership. I don't gone think he Coldy. played, but he's gone to Coldy, Ooh. former England Sevens. Uh, I'm sure he's North West. Uh, he was originally from the North West. I want to say he's from like Wigan Way, somewhere around there. Uh, anyway, the, the the squeeze on Premiership players means there's a lot of guys. Oh, Michael Le Bourgeois has gone back to Bedford. Really? Yeah. 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 I think he, I thought he did really well in the Premiership. Yeah. Yeah, he Serviceable. Did. It's just it's it's tough times. Well, that's one bit of news we can sort of link onto. Is wasps have apparently apparently has been reported uh, they have stopped any more recruitment with financial issues that need to be sorted first. Oh, theory me, not going to get any better there. Is what I feel. Yeah. So they didn't they um, they missed a payment to the fans of, from a. It was I can't remember the exact way it was worked but the fans put money in to a bond I think it yep. was and then should have done one a of these NFT payment. coins I should have done <laughs> NFT and blockchain the way, <laughs> definitely why, the way, why don't they learn definitely <laughs> the way forward um, and it was due to be repaid fairly recently it's not been repaid and they're looking for some public money for wasps I bet they are I bet they are well as um, someone once told me you if you're going to own a Premiership Rugby Club, you can't be worth tens of millions. Uh, <laughs> you need to be worth at least a hundred million. Well, that that was the, the the Rico Arena was trying to solve that problem because they were buying a legitimate business in, in its own right. Yeah, um, and that, it, that would give them the financial stability. Unfortunately, owning a massive stadium and hospitality facilities over the last two years has not been the best business model. No. So th- 
there are there are extenuating circumstances it sounds for ridiculous. in this period. It, it wasn't great even before that, though, was it? The, no, the noises. I, I, I don't. Yeah. I, Honest answer is I don't know, but I, yeah. I do know it's got it's got the indoor arena, it's got hotels, it's got restaurants, but, it's got hospitality and conferencing facilities and gym, and it's got all sorts. And Carol Vorderman popping up on match day, exactly, and, and Jonathan Bitmore occasionally, <laughs> even, well, even better, I, yeah, quite. Um, it, it sounds ridiculous to say this considering the situation they're in, but I think Wasps are one of the better run clubs. Mm. Uh, certainly, there's a lot of business acumen in there. They've got a very, very difficult job, uh, but they, well, I mean. Like I say, they've been dealt such a difficult hand. When COVID hit, they had to look at uh, refunding two pretty much sold-out con- concerts because mm-hmm. they'd already had the money, they'd already spent it. Like, what do you do now? It's just it, the whole thing is uh, very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But there's actually another angle to this Wasps thing, which I think is quite important, which is, did you see the news this week that Darlington Moden Park Sharks are on the verge of folding? The, wim- from, the women's team? Yeah. So the northeast representative in the Allianz 15s. It's just rubbish, isn't it? Because a lot of people have put a lot of time in to the to the 15s. Uh, sorry, when I say the 15s, the, the Premier, Premier 15s, 15s. Which, is the, which is the ladies' competition, right? And there's a big song and dance about Harlequins and Saracens and Exeter are coming in, and mm-hmm. you can't knock them for wanting to make the game more professional and putting money in. But where does it leave clubs like Darlington Moden Park, who always? took the women's game very seriously, they can no longer compete. So the value of the women's game is only really valuable if they've got a sustainable model. There's no value to having three teams and then everyone else struggling. So you've seen Waterloo go by the wayside. Carlisle, another one that took women's rugby very seriously. Darlington Moden Park are going to go soon. So, so what what is it they can't fund now that they could last season? What's the difference? What's changed? Basically, the game is slowly turning professional. Or so, one one third yeah. of the teams, or whatever whatever the so, ratio is. Some, yes. some of the teams are turning professional, which creates massive disparity within the league. Yeah. So if you're Harlequins, and if they didn't stump up the money, then there would be a drain of your players yeah. away to other places. So, mm-hmm. Even sales sharks are putting money into you know the even things like you know paying the coaches. I think if you're going to pay money to your squad, a coach is the best way to do it. So, you know, even uh, sailors are starting to do that now, and there's medical bills, and then, you know, you've got well, to... I suppose you can share resources. If you have X, yeah. Y, Z academy coaches or other coaches, you can you can second them a little bit yeah. for time with the women's team. But then you get this sort of... Disp- that's, it, it, that's more difficult for Darlington Moden Park, is what I'm saying. Very much very so. Very much so. And yeah. if you think about the pressures on Harlequins, I mean, you have Marcus Smith showing up in a £300,000... Uh, sorry, with a £300,000 contract and the rest of it. Driving his Mercedes and next to it Maserati. You, Maserati. Oh no, it's not Maserati no, anymore. No. What's, what? What? They've got, have they got rid of those spaces? What's the sponsorship with? What? What car? Oh, they, they, they Is it Audi something. or something? Might Hope have been Audi. Hope it's Alpine or something like that. Something ridiculous. <laughs> something absolutely. Anyway, yeah. that, that doesn't really yeah. matter for the purpose of your point. And then you know the the women's captain pulls up next to him in you know, something considerably more modest. So there are pressures there. there to well, I have said, you check out the car park at Exeter Chiefs. It's very modest cars across the board. Exactly. Mm. So the, way, the reason I mentioned Wasps on this in this is men's rugby is basically played because of the charity of a handful of owners who plough money in year in, year out. And then if you get someone like Wasps or Ex- Exeter, 
what you're doing is you're just making more things for these owners to fund. Now, sometimes they will do it, sometimes they won't do it. And in the case of wasps, you know, when everything is folding around them, what do you think is going to go first? The ladies' team basically got disbanded a few weeks ago because Saracens and Harlequins signed, signed half of them. Mm. So, but wasps? Yeah. The ladies' team, it didn't disband exactly. I think yeah. it's still about, but a lot of their players have just up sticks and gone. Mm. So, you know, the, the women's game could have chosen a sustainable model, but they were clamouring for the big clubs to get involved. They have got involved. Well, more, more than that, small clubs as we discussed clubs. on previous podcasts when we watched that uh, No Woman, No Try the documentary, there was, there was, there's a sense from a lot of quarters that it is discriminatory if the women's game is not treated exactly like the men's. Yeah. And as we pointed out, and go back and listen to that podcast, there is a different way to think about it and a more long-term, fruitful way that can avoid a lot of the pitfalls that the men's game has, has gone down. What I would also say, I think it's relevant, bearing in mind we were just talking about the championship, is the funding from the RFU is monstrous into women's rugby. Haven't got a problem with that. I have a massive problem with how awful and minimal and uh, how much it's gone down year on year on year the funding of the championship is I think it's shocking well yeah I mean, and, and, a- and it, is, it does seem appear to be a zero sum game and, they've, and it does appear like the RFU have said don't care about the championship we're going to give it all to the women yeah I would prefer them to say we don't care about anything and you know why these central bodies need so much money in the first place is kind of beyond me because when the more money they get the more they, the more they seem to waste they should decide whether the RFU are a professional body for the for the England team or they are the amateur body but they should definitely separate out those two roles it's ridiculous uh, other uh, what other news oh, it appears well it's rumored at this point Zach Mercer will be coming back to England after this after the next season and Gloucester are front of the queue at the minute yeah i hate this i i, I absolutely hate it so I mean, it's kind of just a box-ticking exercise that you have to play in the Premiership one day before the World Cup and then you can go to the World Cup. I mean, why? Why? It's. I don't like the fact that he... Not that he can do this. I don't like the fact that he's been forced to do this. It's so... Um, what's the word? For, well, it's so performative. Like, he's not an English player. Uh, as in, he's not been in the English system for about three years by the time, by the time he gets back, or maybe it's two, two years. Yeah. Um, It'll be two seasons out of England. I think it's unrealistic that he's going to get back in the England team unless he's had one of those famous conversations where they sort of bait you back to get your lower-rate contract. You leave Montpellier and then you never get taken on the plane. I mean, I can see that happening completely. Completely. <clears throat> and in which case, I don't like that I, I don't like that either. They should just scrap the rule. It's ridiculous. I, I'm very happy with the rule. <laughs> it means you get more... Uh, more well... It's a way of getting the best England players playing in England, don't, playing in the Premiership. Well, the f- we don't, though, do we? Because we don't see them for half the time. The, the flip side of that argument is, and you know, I want a really good Premiership. And the flip side of the argument is, we're just talking about the money worries that Wasps have got and the knock-on effect that has on their mm. women's team mm. and other areas in Championship. If French clubs want to pay English players, much like we talk about with Wales, yeah. Welsh players coming to England. If, if French clubs want to give really good standard of rugby and experiences mm. and development to English players and pay them, so that so that money here can be diverted towards the next Zach Mercer, Mercer um, I'm not against that. There, well, there is an advantage to that. Then the disadvantage of that comes from, well, in the uh, seven weeks of the Six Nations. He's going to, on every rest week and the week before the start and the week after, 
Zach Murphy going to be playing for Montpellier. The Premiership is in like this slow death spiral where it can't pay the best money to the players that are not paying international. And then because their internationals have so much kudos with both the fans Mm. and the club, the clubs will basically bend over backwards in order to facilitate England paying them to keep them there. And this translates into them playing less for their clubs. But they can say, look, we have Courtney Laws. Or playing, you, too you much, or playing too much overall. Yeah, I mean... Because, is, because their club want their, want their pound of flesh for the reason that you said, the fans every love year, them, the competition. Every negotiation, the RFU can find some more money, because it always does, and the clubs will not find any more money. And therefore the RFU gets more and more powerful. And when they get more powerful, they demand that they get more player access. So eventually you're almost going to have like a full-time England squad on one side who drop in to play the Premiership like two or three games a year. More like cricket. Yeah, exactly like cricket. Exactly yeah. like cricket. It's not. It, so I, I see the trajectory. It's not there yet, and I, I don't think it will get there yet. But the the biggest problem to solve is exactly the one that you set up before with the England players, because they are the biggest names. They take up a disproportionate amount of the playing budget. Yes. Yeah. That's, exactly. That's the biggest problem. And then they're only available, whatever it may be. It, this this season, next season, it might only be ten out of twenty. Two games. So, a whereas very, on a normal season, it's probably more like 16, 18 of the the twenty something games. A very smart man was telling me, a very smart man who I listen to about all sorts of rugby administration issues, that when you get England players, so you sign a bunch of England players, you also get many proportionate to the amount of England players that you have. So, if I have five England players and you have no England players, I will I will get my player grant times five, and you will get nothing. Zero. Yeah. Right. And his argument was, okay, there's a lump sum for the England players. Rather than give it proportionate to every team that provides England players, give it out to each of the clubs. Just, you know, here's a thirteenth each. It's thirteen now. And I like that because it would make sure that England players are spread equally. Well not make sure. But it's more likely to get your England players across the entire league. It boosts the competitive competitiveness of of the league and also make sure that Certain clubs well, don't hoard England players. Well, you're actually incentivised to have no England players in that scenario because you get all the cash, but you're not paying any of it out the door. That is true. You also get so that. That would trend to. But, but I mean, that's like that's like they're all pushing them onto other clubs. Yeah, but then you sort. But of, then all the England players go to France. Yeah, but then I think you get in a situation where you only keep the ones which are absolutely the most valuable to well, you. But that should happen if what you're saying is the case that they're disproportionately paid. Then that should that should happen no, anyway. No, no, proportionately paid. Oh, no, 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 as in that they yeah, yeah. get a for that the value isn't realised, so you effectively pay a disproportionate amount for one of them, and then mm. that should equalise itself anyway, shouldn't it? Because you can't pay for loads of England players who are paying. Yeah, it should, yeah, yeah. in a salary cap scenario, yeah. especially one as tight as the current um, salary cap is, it should equalise itself. But then, then you will get this position where the best clubs will get a discount on players that we spoke about many times before. Mm. Would you take twenty grand less to go to say Saracens, yes. Leicester, or Harlequins? Yes, you probably would because you've got the real shot of w- not only winning but also boosting your salary by eighteen k for every time you, you put know, on an England shirt. When we do our club previews, one of the categories we should put in the club preview is what do we think the selling, the unique selling point is of that club to their players? Yeah, that's great. So, well, yeah, or yeah, yeah. Go to Bath, well, like, how, Spa. Yeah, yeah. 
100%. Folly House. It's not. Yeah. Uh, Thermae Spa's alright. It's not. It's class. It's, uh, it's alright. Is, it, is it Thermae? It's not as good it's as. Not Thermae, it's it? not as good as the uh, Marriott how... Bonvoy Edinburgh Spa. Oh, yeah. yeah tell not, me what that is. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that. <laughs> Sorry, uh, how would you say it? Oh, it's in Thermae's a brand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, do, yeah, yeah. Uh, you as in, it's not. It, is it that brand? No, it's not that. But it's not that brand. It's not that brand. But but the brand that, that there is one Thermae spa that, that you guys went to in Romania, Romania in Bucharest. Yes, yes, and that was amazing. Do you know where the the second one in Europe yes. is going to be? Is it Trafford Park? Yes, yes. it is. <laughs> and I know someone on the PR team, so I'll, yes. I'll, get us, yes. I'll get us in. But it's not opening for about three years. No, but well, it looks amazing. Didn't they, didn't they announce that during COVID? Yes. Yeah. And now they're yeah. announcing what? They're going to heat billions of gallons of water during a gas crisis. Yeah. <laughs> I, like c- gas. I couldn't help thinking that when I was when I was in in this spa last what? week. I couldn't help but just like <laughs> calculate in my head, oh my goodness, how what, much is this? What are you doing with this very precious Russian gas? Oh, we're going to make water into steam. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind, do you? Uh, oh dear. Um, yeah, so we'll add that little wrinkle to our club previews. Yeah, good idea, good idea. Uh, and uh, as, uh, uh, what other news was there? There's some games. Michael Hooper well, didn't yeah, play. Yeah, I'll just say, uh, before we get on to the, the rugby... Were there some more signings, maybe? I don't think so. Some big signings, no? No? No, no big signings? I don't think so. I think because if not, we can actually talk about some rugby. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, why not? I'll say what, yeah. before, before we get on to the rugby, let's hear from some of the people that helped make this podcast possible. Yeah. 
combat it was awful. As far as I could tell, he just tried to go out the back and round the corner every time and that'll, just got munched. Yeah, that'll work. Against that rush defence. Yeah. But also, so th- this was a great example of where almost teamwork on the South African side and lack of cohesion and teamwork on the New Zealand side. And nothing nothing highlights that better. JB, one of your favourite things, mm-hmm. kick chases. Yeah. Oh, kick chases. The kick chase from South Africa was a line consistent together and brutal. And it was meandering and uh, all over the place from the All Blacks. If you just look at those two, if you picked 10 kick chases from each team and nothing else, if I showed you the clip of those 10 from each team and nothing else for the whole game, you would say South Africa have won this by two scores, at least, uh, at least two scores. A kick chase and, they amazing, kick, and they did. I'm convinced that kick chase is going to go the way of the latch soon because it's getting so effective and it's making average players brilliant. Or well, it's incentivizing. Yes. So you know, I think I mentioned something the other week about Leicester Tigers. Yep. How they make decisions on their scrum halves is it's, it's how oh, how yes. close can they get a ball to a target and how high and how long can they keep the yeah. ball up in the air? Absolutely it's right. all on the it's all on the on the kick. And and basically, I think you're right. Repeatable skills are are absolutely basic. And for, for New Zealand to be so poor at doing what are basic repeatable skills. Yeah. Is, well, is that, I don't know what that that points to some real systemic I, issues. It do, that's my reader. Okay, it, can it, I just talk about a Twitter blogger a second, right? And Leicester Times, <laughs> one of your one of your favourite subjects. Yeah. Okay. So this guy is called I want to say Blake Carrick or Carrick Blake. I'm not sure which way around it goes. Mm. But he did a breakdown, and I will come back to South Africa. But I just want to talk about this because you've reminded me about Leicester Tigers and the game plan that South Africa implements. He did a breakdown of Leicester Tigers' attack, and I found it absolutely fascinating. So, if you want to read it, I was kind of, I'm very skeptical about the analysis scene on Twitter. Yeah, because there's, like, there's a lot of like Monday morning rich. quarterback, and they go, they, they sort of look at what happened, and then just uh, this they just draw arrows about what happened. And yeah, I was like, mm, is that okay? Okay. good. Yeah. yeah, but this was really good. Yeah. Right, yeah. and what if I was to boil it down, it's far more complex than this, but I'm, but, I'm, but I'm simple. And I'm looking at this thinking, does this apply to amateur rugby? How can I use this? But what it came down to is Leicester Tigers are playing a lot, if not all of their rugby, off their number nine. Hang on, let me just see if that's... Um, yeah, it is recording. Good. Um, yeah, off their number nine. And the reason that they're doing that is because, in my opinion, if you think about the amount of risk that you take by passing the ball, well, that's quite a lot. And the only time they pass the ball is when they've got... Uh, a numerical advantage or when they say you know three on three or three on two that's that's the only time time they do it and it makes sense in the pro game because if you're just going one out from the nine and you're constantly targeting that area that is likely where you're going to get the most fatigued players whereas in the amateur game that's not the case the most fatigued players are going to be out on the wing because people who work hard tend to gravitate towards gravitate towards towards the ball so you can see it's completely opposite approach to rugby the lower down that you go the lower down you go the more that skills matter the more you that you're in the pro game the more that lack of risk matters and trying to target weak players and weak players are always around, around the ruck because they're working so hard i mean do you think sal Mackey is going to be particularly tired after not having any interventions well, for and how again long it is i i, I, ha- I nope. hated the way people used to call extra chiefs boring when they won the European Cup and Premiership because they played some fantastic approach rugby but when they got in that red zone they were they were like nope we're, we're going to do the repeatable skills yeah. relentlessly 
It was it was inspiring to watch them go through their drill. I loved it. I loved it so much. And things people do love, they love big scrums. And even if you say you don't like scrums, the same people that don't like scrums love a rolling mall. Everyone loves a rolling <laughs> mall. I mean, who doesn't? Five me five meter out uh, um, attacking mall. Anyway, so oh. South Africa, yeah. Oh, basic repeatable skills. Yeah, yeah. and it's incredible to see. Mm. Well, and they they did it to perfection in this game. Yeah, they they really did, and they they used it to build so much pressure so consistently on the All Blacks that the All Blacks were. As you said before, Tim, they were forced to one play from very, very deep, often inside their own half, and forced to try working it wide early. Oh, oh. sorry, that'll be you'll understand why in a minute. Uh, Work it wide early under immense pressure from that defence with Dialande and Lucano Am uh, bearing down on them. Good, and their skills just went to pieces. Lucano Arm, I am now convinced, is. I, I'm sure I've said this previously. I think he's the best player on the planet. I love him. Absolutely love him. Did you see Caleb Clark um, run into the little winger? I can't say his name. Uh, Alan. Al- 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 Arenzi. 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 I saw Faster Clark try and tackle Caleb Clark. Yeah, so Caleb Clark's a big old slice. Yeah, yeah. And big strong boy. But Faster Clark went nice and low. Into Caleb Clark's knee. Yeah. yeah. Lights out. See you later. Game over. That was... Because he, he made that tackle just before Cameron was on. He made the same tackle and then immediately got to his... his uh, whatever it was, 45 seconds into the game and just lost control. It's such a classic... I mean... It's yeah. a classic faff thing. Yeah. yeah basically, when you say lost control, I mean... That that is the definition of reckless, isn't it? it, it it's yeah, it's definitely reckless. By, but it's not illegal. That is the definition of reckless. Well, well, it's well with, 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 sorry, it's, with it's his own body, that's okay. Yeah. Well, unless no, the point is he's out of control. So like, if he if something illegal happened at that point, it has to be a red. It has to be a red. It depends, depends on the. So he's reckless, but he's not done anything illegal. I.e., he's no. he's attempted to rap, but the danger is for him, not yeah. for the for the opposition, and. If you got your head in that position when you're charging full pelt and Caleb Clark, who is what 105, 110 kg running, it's going to end very badly. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't did. want Fafta Clerk's knee hitting me the way Caleb no, Clark's no, in, let no, alone no. Caleb Clark and those giant. No. Well, the Cono Arm doesn't care what uh, what uh, Caleb Clark thinks because he grabbed him and looked like a German suplex. Um, <laughs> him into touch which was my highlight of the I mean he's just so good my highlight of the game so was the scrum do you remember that Argentina v uh, was it England yeah. Argentina v England scrum where it just held solid for about a good 15 seconds there was one of those in this game and the two scrums just solid and didn't move for about love 10 it. seconds it was gorgeous. It. it was beautiful yeah uh, the Lu- Lucano um, I, I have to say he hit the best thing which I think it was was his offload to for the try oh uh, yeah Lorenzo. yeah because he he times it he looks like he's going to give it too early while he's still going down, and he could have, but he just holds for that fraction of a second and then pops uh, the perfect one. There's a top 14 team out there that cannot wait to pay him a million pound a year. <laughs> I mean, they just can't wait. He is he's perfect. He is perfect. He's, he's perfect. in Japan at the moment, isn't he? Got no Earning idea, mega, but he needs even more money. money. Yeah, because he, he was playing in the Pro 14, though, wasn't he? Uh, I, don't I know. think he might have played. Yeah, I think he might have played in. Yeah, he was playing in the Pro 14. Uh, well, no, URC, 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 uh, URC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, yeah. Whatever that. Yeah, is. Look, if URC can uh, can retain players like him, I mean, good God. So he's he was he's only played in South Africa, except for uh, holidays in Kobe- Japan. Kobelco Kobe Steelers in Japan, according oh. to his 
um, Wikipedia page, which, which could be wrong. Yeah. Now, the other guy here... Uh, is it, do you think he's playing for Sharks in the Pro 14? Uh, URC. URC, probably. sorry. Yes, he could well have been. Yeah, he, he, I say he could well have been. He was playing for the Sharks in the in yeah. the Pro 14, yes. So confirming U- more, more things that I already thought. Um, Damien Wilhelms? Wilhelmsy. Wilhelmsy, I think, is the most talented player in the box back, back line. I think he can just do everything. Maybe he, Vili LaRue would push him close as well. It's frightening they've got well, those They're very options. similar in a lot I th- of ways. I think Vili LaRue is now, uh, I wouldn't say bench fodder, but I think Wilhelmsy is... Uh, as we've seen in this game, I think he's the number one. Yeah, no. I mean, it's just... mad that Phil MC was at Saracens as cover. Yeah, I know, and didn't didn't really, didn't play. really do anything. We did so many things. I, like he is very similar to Larue actually. He's second pair of hands, kicks, plays fullback, plays uh, wing, can play ten on occasions. I'm not sure whether Larue would have got Caleb Clark in the corner. No, that is true. I love that. What that a was tackle. a great tackle. Even, he, even though they still scored. He spins around. Tackle. But then he tries to make the second tackle on Shannon, Fris- Shannon Frizzell. <laughs> yeah. So that was incredible. And uh, last uh, thing other is, things we already knew. Uh, I wonder if you're going to say uh, Malcolm Marks is large and hard. Very large. Very he he hard. had a great game. Deserves man of the match. His work around the, the breakdown. Yeah. He's you just st- can't move him. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Pollard looks exactly as limited as I thought Pollard was. But this, but it works. I was watching good, this good backup twelve for Leicester. <laughs> I was watching this game thinking, I mean, if Borthwick wants a simple, repeatable game plan, him. That, yeah. <laughs> if you lose, if you lose two of your star players, which they have done um, in Genge and Ford, and you want rugby by numbers, apology man. Yeah, he absolutely is. He, he can, absolutely he, is. This was the, this is the perfect team for him. And he played the perfect. He couldn't have in this scenario. He couldn't have done anything more. Like, yeah. what, what more would you want from him than I, doing exactly what he did? Don't, look, this isn't groundbreaking analysis on Pollard, but I was looking at him the other day. He's a well proportioned man. <laughs> yeah. So, like, for someone who's six foot two, and you want to look like you want to be the perfect man, Pollard's not far <laughs> off. It. He's not far off. And it. if you want to be six foot four and looking like the perfect man, I assume he's six foot four because he looks like this. He looks that height. Marcos Kramer, like those two, those two guys <laughs> might be the two most well-proportioned men in all of rugby. They yeah. they look phenomenal. Kremos is a fair yeah, Kremos. Kremer, Marcus Kremer is a well-proportioned, good-looking man. You would sta- you would stand aside if if in the uh, you know uh, barbarian days he came to your village and came Rennet. to your hut. You'd just Take it. you'd stand aside and hit some corn. <laughs> he's he's fact, listed. You'd, you'd, do you know how what height he's listed? I bet he's, I, I, I bet he's only six on, two. Andre Pollard. No, uh, Marcus Kremer. Marcus Kremer. I would go six three. What do you reckon, JB? I'd say six four. But I bet you're going to say six two or something now. He's listed at 115 kg, just over 18 Huge. stone. Six foot seven. No, what? really? He's, what, that's his, his, he's not. A let six me seven. have a look at his uh, stud from. I know six foot seven men when I see them. Yeah, that doesn't sound Kremer. right. That. And plus 115 kg at six foot seven is not he's large. Not. not Thick set on ESPN, he's also listed at six foot seven. Maybe he is six foot seven. Hmm, we'll try and get his uh, like, like Charles Olivon is six foot seven. Yeah, and I don't, I, I've never stood next to Marcus Kremer. I've well, stood, I've stood next to Charles Olivon, and he's, I mean, there you go. That might be a Jerome Kane perfect, still because that would be my shout for the perfect man, would be Charles Olivon. He, what an incredibly handsome and large man well of the men I uh... oh, no interestingly that is interesting his um, Stade Francais has him at 116 kg 
and uh, one meter ninety five, which would put him at six foot five, not six foot seven. Okay, I'd, six five. Yeah, I think that's. I think that is more likely. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So I'd, I'd give. You can't m- measure him on a hard surface in studs. That's what they've done. Yeah. <laughs> so I would go if I if I was going to choose, um, like you did there, Tim. I'd have to go with Jerome Kano. What a fearsome looking specimen. Or I tell you another one is um, Victor Vito. Big yeah. Vito. Oh, he's handsome, as, handsome looks, as well. Looks awesome, in fact. Because he, he he's, does look he's awesome. athletic as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Very, very Fantastic true. looking fellow. Uh, mm. So, yeah, those are the guys you want to sign up for your marketing campaigns. If, you're, if, you're, if you want to market a product, get one of those four lads. Absolutely. Where does Marcus Kramer play? Stade Francais, you say? Stade Francais, still- yeah. 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 Mm. He was at Jaguares for, for a bit until they were... Well, they're not quite disbanded, are they? But they're like... They play in the yeah, southern... Uh, South American rugby competition with the mm. Uruguayan and Chilean club yeah, teams. It's, uh, not ideal what's going on there. Is it like, you know, in the way that there's a, a Six Nations B, the Rugby Europe Championship. Is mm. there a, is there a second tier of the Rugby Championship now with South American teams or, or North and South America? Or they do an, a South America tournament, which has an Argentine select, and then Brazil, Chile, uh, Uruguay. And probably a couple of others. Do you know possibly even more? The, possibly USA even more than USA, which I'm, I'm so excited for the World Cup in USA. But probably even more than that, I think Argentina should have been ahead of them in the queue. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, they've got the stadiums, they've got infrastructure, they've got a lot of things you need for a World Cup. Big, big country, red big population. Wine, yeah. Red wine and steak after a game. Little bit politically sensitive over there, though, isn't it? A little is bit it? kind of. Where, where isn't in the world at the moment? Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's third world. They've got like. Third... I've, got, I've got my issues with uh, the UK <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah. It's third world over there. Mate. It's like thirteen percent inflation. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not it's not a place you want to go. Yeah, is, yeah, isn't that what the Bank of England said? Ours will be by October. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Do you know what? At like, least when at I was. Least. This is just. I'm sorry. Let's not let's not get off track. But <laughs> these are just numbers. But when you actually sit down and. Re- realize what that means it's like that means in, the, ne- th- in, in yeah. the next 12 months nearly two months money you're, you're just burning yeah like, you're, you're going to work for like seven weeks of your work in the next year that money is just you might as well just chuck it straight on the fire well, yeah well you and i have had long discussions about what you should actually do with lump sums at, at, at this point and your options are somewhat limited everyone's options are somewhat mm. limited it's a disaster anyway um do you find it a little bit strange? Not strange. Um, it's strange. Maybe encouraging for the Springboks. Maybe strange for Springboks. I don't know. But their team seems remarkably consistent mm. from the team that won the World Cup. Yes. I mean, it's amazing, actually. So maybe COVID's got something to do with this because South Africa didn't put a team out for God knows how long. But read the names. Mostart. Um, uh, Etzebeth. Malherb. Yeah, Peter Steph, the toy's back now. Yeah. They all played in the World Khaleesi. Cup final. There's the ba- a handful the back line would have been the same, I think. Faf, Pollard, without, Lacanio, if, 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 um, yeah. So Villalemsi's Villalemsi, yeah, yeah. Um, come in and, and Villalemsi was dropped. But if uh, Jesslyn Colby was yeah. fit, not with a broken jaw, he would have been starting. So oh, it would have just been the one switch at full-back. Yeah, and it would be the same. That is quite the same amazing, you're right. Line. Three, years, three years on, though, I think this team will be... It would be amazing if they get to a World Cup final how many repeaters they're going to have. Yeah, that would be incredible, actually. Uh, where is Francois Stein? Is he still? Are you still playing? <laughs> I he, think not another. I think I could be wrong on this. I think he was at the Cheetahs. Bloemfontein. He definitely played with, last year for Springboks. I think he was Cheetahs. I could be wrong on that. 
Let's see where his notoriously inaccurate Wikipedia page. I'll tell you what. While you're doing that, we got. Um, I got a message from friend of the pod, mm-hmm. James. James, who uh, formerly of World Rugby. Oh yeah, James. Oh yes, lovely man. And he sent us. Well, he sent he us was... a link to a, another example of. Um, well, firstly, brilliant BBC journalism, but more importantly, uh, another literally. Listen to this one. He was Oh, sorry. I, I listen to my podcast fast so I can get Do more you? done. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> you psychopath. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Both of whom were made aware of that formal complaint. Now, sort of fast forward the process of this, we, we broke that story on the Monday night on the 10 o'clock news, and I mean, my phone literally blew up. I mean, I know. What? Is she okay? <laughs> <laughs> I have a. Is, was it a Samsung? I've heard of that happening on <laughs> <Yeah>. planes. <laughs> Probably an apple. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for that. Any more literallys or any more of anything, uh, contact headchasers at gmail.com. Uh, so let's just look at... Can... Oh, yeah, yeah, go on. What are we going to... Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm got... trying to... I'm, yeah. uh, inconsistent, I think. Uh, oh, no, not... France team recalled for the rugby championship. Oh, sorry. Yes! He's back, he's in. He's in. The, he's, he's already in. a year away from a World Cup. He's in the wider squad. He's oh, gonna, I love it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it, you know. If you Three need, World Cups. If you need a man with experience of, world, of winning World Cups, you get him in. No, that would make him the greatest rugby player, the most decorated rugby player of all time. C- certainly in... Uh, yeah. No one else has got three no, World no Cups. One else, no one else has got three. No one's got three World Cups. And he did this with a massive gap. 16 years. O- over a span of 16 years, this would be. Because he was yeah, in the Springboks. Yeah, 2007 to... Yeah, yeah. Because he was in the Springboks when he was like... I don't know. 21. 12 or something he might have been younger than that when he was when he won it in 2007 because it was him and him and Matt Tate were the they were the future of South African yeah. and English and rugby. he never panned out to be the future they thought he was going to be he's going to be an ace fly half and if you remember like when he was dropping goals from his own half age 19 you expected by now him to be dropping goals from his, his own 22 <laughs> or something you know the dead boy, his own dead, dead boy yeah. imagine if he could like in a few years time sit down and go I'm the most decorated rugby player in history and I took 10 years and, off and I kind of didn't live up to the expectations <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I nearly fulfilled my own potential <laughs> that's where it's going because he can play 12 he can play 10 I think that he found his, his niche at 15 somewhat yeah, great player. Great, great player. Um, one thing we've not mentioned in the game. The All Blacks. Well, we've mentioned them a tiny bit. We don't need to mention them very much, just they're not very good. One thing we didn't mention, the red card. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Any, any, because I, my initial thought was, he's tried to get off the ground? Has he tried to get off the ground? And or then has I he tried in, to pull out? I watched it in slow motion, There's... and it's it's as red a red card as in my opinion, it's as red, and I red as you can you. see. And not only is it... I, mean, I watched it a few times thinking, something's gone on here. Nobody runs into a player in the air like that. That hard. He's, he seems to have... like It's a shoulder charge at full pelt. Full pel- now, I think he's trying to protect himself, but he didn't... He protected himself by kind of wrapping his arms around himself, not by slowing down or getting out of the way. Yeah, I don't... I can't reconcile what he did with what I know about rugby. It just it doesn't yeah. make any sense. He sort of bound into it as well. And he's so good at kick tricks. It's not like he's bad at it. He must have just horribly just, mistimed just a it. Mistime. It is, as, yeah, it's just a mistime. No intent, 
but it's it was a horrible and Bowden Barrett falling from that height onto his yeah. head neck area right on the back of his neck yeah, yeah that looked really ugly and now yeah it was it, it, he didn't mean to I actually think he was trying to kind of pull out or trying to get out the way you could see the way he was yeah he's turning like, his hands putting his hands protects up himself protects himself but that was the only action he yeah. he did take I know <laughs> just um, really badly missed I was laughing because it reminds me of the but it's hard. Reminds me of the man this week who tried to protect himself with a small child. Oh my word, that was incredible. The Commonwealth Games in the velodrome. Yeah. That was, it was like a, a little, that moment. That moment. I've seen the stills. That, that moment was a little pastiche of 21st century manliness right there. I mean, you, I, you, you had a, a big crash. One bike went up the edge of the velodrome and into the crowd, and a man. Is pulling a face like he's sucking a lemon and holding his daughter out in front of him to yeah. as a shield. Him. The as only shield. way, the only way, uh, I wouldn't have held my daughter there is if there's someone else's daughter's holder. <laughs> That's the only way I'm not doing it. But, but if you want to compare and contrast, did you see the guy whose face gets cut off, but you just see his, you just see like his nose down in the row behind? So everyone's pulling a face like ah variations of that now, and he's just sat there with his arms crossed smiling now is he a sprint, <laughs> is he a sprint cyclist this guy I don't know oh, I, no. I didn't see the actual event because I think I could if a Tour de France cyclist came off his bike and hurtled it into me at full full pace pace I think I could catch him. But I, I'm not <laughs> well, sure. Those, those Tour de France, they're like 50 kgs on like 8 kg I bikes. think I could literally <laughs> catch him like a cricket ball. And, and put him back on the track. Yeah, I could probably throw him back onto his bike. If the bike was still moving, I could probably <laughs> throw him fast enough to get back on his bike. But a sprint cyclist, that's a different beast altogether. I mean, look at the German... What's the German sprint cyclist? Oh, yeah. that Chris, one with the quads. Chris Hoy is just... He's I'm like not a, catching like Chris Hoy. A, like a bodybuilder, yeah. He's just muscle and fast twitch fibers. Speaking of just speaking of incredible specimens and small squat fast twitch fibers, have you seen any of the CrossFit games this weekend? No, but I heard that um, Toomey went out early doors because really? of her skipping deficiencies. So I need to catch up on that. I'm going to do. I'm going to catch up, uh, up on it later. Any good? I haven't watched any of it. No, the same. Like, I was just thinking, I've not watched any of the Commonwealth Games either. I'd rather watch CrossFit games than the Commonwealth Games. Anyway, um, yeah. So, All Blacks. If I was an All yes. Blacks fan now, you know what my biggest concern would be? Physicality. Coach. They don't have any. Well, so, I didn't think their physicality was that bad. The, the big problem was scrums, for, for me, and you, you two will probably have a totally different take on this, mm. scrums was a big problem, and um, their positional kicking was a big problem. They, they were my two biggest worries. Yeah. And then... Because of those two things, they were forced to have to play from deep in their own half, which they did occasionally, exceptionally, like the Bowden Barrett break from his own try line. That was more from yeah. like uh, just a, a freak break, not anything, yeah, yeah. Not anything it, it wasn't manufactured. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. They, they become reliant on the pure talent of their individuals, which they have, but you can't rely on that consistently against the Springboks because they are so good defensively. Well, looking at the team now, I didn't even realise Scott Barrett was playing, actually. I just realised he was. I thought they missed Retallick. Retallick yeah. is a big miss. Yeah. Audi Surveyor reminds me of a certain Premiership player. Now, I've already said, in a good way, Audi reminds me of Lewis Ludlum, right, for Northampton. Yeah. So, with the way they, they attack. But he also reminds me of Tamona Harrison in a bad way, which is when Tamona Harrison is on the back foot or in a pack that is on the back foot, he becomes remarkably ineffective. When he's on the front foot, he's so aggressive mm. and physical. And that's what we saw with um, 
surveyor this weekend. He's running at walls, but he just can't get anywhere because there's no. He's basically the primary ball carrier now. I think when they bought on Frizzell, that really helped him out. Frizzell has to start next game. But Akira Yuani has had some good games. Like the try he scored against Ireland. He yep. was brilliant and he's carried well. He just That was an abor- that was a bit of an aberration against Ireland though, because throughout the rest of that game I mean I'm a I like Yuani on Yuani. Is it Yuani? Yeah, Kira Yuani. Kira Yuani. I do like him as a player. I like him for the blues. I think in Super Rugby he's very physical. I do think his physicality he lacks a bit at the absolute top level, which is a shame. And I think that Irish the try against the try against Ireland he scored was probably the highlight of otherwise a very poor game for him. Mm. Um, so yeah, they just need to think. They need something else. I don't know what it is. I don't I, think they have that player. I, I, my assessment in New Zealand is that they were they're too predictable in how unpredictable they're trying to be. Yeah, playing it very well. <laughs> they, they were, yeah, yeah. They were trying. They were trying to just play too much too soon. But that, that was, I think, because they just got forced into that position. But like, yeah, players were making mistakes. Aaron Smith threw some Aaron passes. When's the last time you saw that? Yeah, and and. Borden Barrett did. Like, like you say, mm. trying to go out the back and the rush defence meant that the attackers weren't quite where they needed to be or were trying to find space and therefore everything just fell flat. Yeah, yeah. and it puts pressure on everyone else because uh, Finley Christie comes on and even the commentator's like, oh, Finley Christie will come on now and speed things up. What, more than, more than Aaron, Aaron Smith? <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. And yet he came on and again, the same stuff happened, just throwing uh, passes everywhere. So it seems like most of New Zealand's clamouring for Scott Robertson. I'd, uh, Robinson. Robertson. 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 Yeah. yeah. I, I just don't understand why they're not clamouring for Warren Gatland. Two very different options there, too. No, very different, but one, if you, if, if you were going to make a change and you're a year out from a World Cup and you want someone that's just going to put some basic, effective systems in play, okay. Warren Gatlin's your man. Well, let's, yeah, let's run this through, shall we? Let's run this through as uh, a three. So, if I had a Northern Hemisphere team, I would go with Warren Gatlin because you limited time together. If I was France or if I was England, Warren Gatlin would be my man. Because New Zealand have got their central contracts and they can do whatever they want with their players, I think Robinson might be a better option for them because he'll have the time to do what he needs. Robertson. Robertson. Um, yeah. I, he's I unproven think, at international level. Obviously, he hasn't had it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, oh, yeah he has right. He's also beloved by the New Zealand public, and I don't think Gatland is even remotely. Yeah, I'd agree with that. They don't understand what they've got then. Yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah, I think that's also true, because yeah. I think by appointing Gatland, they're kind of saying... We were wrong. We were wrong all along. Like, this guy who plays the ultimate Northern Hemisphere rugby is who we want to lead our national team. And underneath our national team, we've got this whole coaching tree and structure and way we play, and Robertson is part of that. So it is, like, the natural New Zealand thing to put him in. If they put in Gatlin, they're just throwing up their hands and saying, look, we failed. Well, maybe it's time to say that, because talking about those two... Uh, Scott Robertson or Warren Gatland it's like upgrading your Skoda to a Ferrari or a Lamborghini mm. the way that the team is playing at the moment the way that F- Foster has got that team the way the way that in interviews F- Foster and I hate six I think I like him as a player but Sam Kane just looks kind of shell-shocked Sam when Kane he's, is when not he's, the captain when he's being interviewed um, so either, I think a lot of the New Zealand public would probably say Yes, it worked because um, Sir Graham Henry and Steve Hansen got the World Cups, but 
that has come to the end of its tenure now. Mm. We might be able to reset that, but and right I, now we I, need something different. I, st- I still think it is relevant to point out that they do not have players like the, like the players that won two World Cups. Well, I would. There like is to a, ask- there is a massive drop in in quality across across the team. They have a few incredible individuals, and but it's it's not the same. So I, I'm yeah, not, I, I don't I don't think just by having a Graham Henry or or a Warren Gatland or a Scott Robertson or anyone else would necessarily change things. But I'm I'm actually prepared to say I, I was wrong and I think it is the time to, to roll that dice. I would like to ask Sam Kane if he would appoint Warren <coughs> Gatland as captain. I'd like to say uh, Sam Kane if he'd appoint himself as captain yeah, well, and yeah. open side flanker. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> a great question, isn't it? Because you know, Shannon Frizzell came on and made a big difference. He should be starting. He should definitely be starting. Um, the reason I mentioned Sam Kane is, does he not play for the Chiefs under Gatland? Mm. So it'd be interesting to know, you know, does he think that he could mm. go well? Because Gatland has not done well for the Chiefs yet. You know, no. I've got no, no idea. The first what... season was a bit of a disaster. But who knows? lost every single game. Well, I was yeah. going to say, who knows more about international rugby, Sam Kane or Warren Gatland? They both know quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sam, Kane, Sam Kane's won a lot of games coming on as a substitute for Richie McCall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let's segue to the other game in the Rugby Championship via this email from Gareth Mabry, who just says, um, because this whole conversation about large cats uh, began because because of Argentina being Pumas versus Jaguars. Uh, And he says, hi, guys, just a quick one. A panther is just a black jaguar. It is. Or leopard. Simple as that. Not a unique species. It's just a colour thing. There we go. I should know that. Yeah. I feel I feel I've let everyone down. Um and Michael Hooper didn't play in this one. Do you want to talk about we, we, what what did you um I mean so so what was the reason he just basically said he's not in not in the right state to play and right, so he went right home. Mind, right mindset was the phrase. Now, we don't we don't know what that means. What it could mean anything. It could mean anything. It could mean it could mean family. Could, could mean, mean he's mean having a break. Health, could yeah. mean he's having a breakup. Could be a yeah. health, uh, an underlying health issue. Could be a family member. Who knows? It's not our business. He didn't want to play. Fine. No. I no. will add this though. I don't like the focus on him, and lauding him has been brave for saying he doesn't want to play. I respect it, and I think it's the right decision. If he feels he can't play, he can't play. It goes for anyone. Yeah, but I don't recognise it as been brave as I recognise bravery. Um, you know, I, I would have liked the conversation uh, in rugby circles to be about who is replacing him and what a, what a opportunity it is for those players. Because nothing excites me more about international rugby than the next man up. But people don't care about um, the actual story; they care about the agenda they, that they already had that they want to push. So that, yeah. so that just fit nicely into that, so they could use it as a. Yeah, and I don't necessarily think it's a bad agenda. Either. No, 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 yeah, not a bad one at all. No, it's not like a malicious thing, but I just. Don't think it's brave. As simple as that. Are you I don't okay? Think, don't think he's a hero for it. No. I don't, no. Are you okay? No, I'm going home. All right, and see, <laughs> see you later. No, no, I just mean the. It was that. That. Are you okay? Ask them twice. No. Uh, oh. Are you really okay? I, f- I, I told you. I told you. <laughs> the, the, my my favourite thing at the moment is uh, mental mental first aiders. So obviously you've got first aiders, and they are, their job is very obvious because you're on the floor and you can't breathe. So <laughs> off you go. Mental first aiders are to interfere with your life until you admit that you've got a mental problem. And then they put you through a process where you admit you've got a mental problem, and then they make you speak to everyone else that you've got, got, got a mental problem. And you've got to basically buy into whatever it, is that they're, whatever it is that they're saying. In fact, it's just a license to intrude on people, asking them twice, three times, four times. Now, the game. Yeah. Um... I didn't see 
Argentina. Let's say Argentina, Argentina throwing this away mm. with uh, twenty minutes to go. Nope. They're nine points up at home. They were the better team for most of that game. Yeah, and they capitulated, they it, imploded. Yeah, and they fair play to Australia because they they got into the right part of the field with injuries as well, with people missing, um, and took their chances with, their, again, an effective rolling mall, which there's not that many teams will score two rolling mall tries in a five, ten-minute period against that Argentine pack. So fair fair play to yeah. Australia. It's, it doesn't seem to matter who they pick. They always kind of a nuggety and tough. And there's just, there's, there's just a weird... For, for a country that are actually struggling in terms of the depth of their squad and personnel and stuff, they they keep plucking names I've never heard of who just do a serviceable job. Yeah. Yes, and and some big boys in there as well, which which always helps. Oh, sorry. Let's just talk Quade Cooper, Quade Cooper a second. Yes. He's, he's Achilles, so he's out, he he's out oh, for the year. Awful. Yeah, that's bad. That's horrendous. World Cup gone, possibly. Yeah, what Ooh. is he, 33 now? Yeah, 33, 34, maybe. Uh, problem I have with Quade Cooper is... Well, I think he's a, an incredible talent. Like, an incredible mm. talent. I think Australia almost addicted to his talent. So, at 33 years old... 34, he'd be 35 by the World Cup. Yeah. Not that old, though, is it? Well, it's, it's not, 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 not as a fly half, half Not only is it not old, you know, for a professional athlete now who looks after himself, it's particularly not old for Quade Cooper, who looks after himself immensely. Like, mm-hmm. the guy's in incredible shape. So, I'm not really bothered about his age. But I, I just think that... They're just addicted to him because he can do things that others can't, and he's a bit of a get out of jail free card. So he's been where's he been? He's been Rebels, he's been Reds, he's been to Toulon. He's been almost everywhere. Didn't they treat there? him to, like has the country given him citizenship yet? I've got no I idea. Don't know. But they seem to be very, they seem to be very intolerant towards him, and yet completely forgiving towards him at the same time. So one at some point he's kicked out the squad, and then he's brought back in, and then they realise they've got no one else. He well, even comes close to his that's, talent. That's the crucial part, isn't it? Yeah, and they sort of go back and forth on him. I don't think he's doing them any favours now. I think it's got to a point where they should just they yeah. should just move on. Well, yeah, now he's got an Achilles injury. Well, they've, yeah. they've got, got, got their choice. But I think them anyway. previously he was he was doing a good job for them. He's, yeah. not, he's not holding them back. As, as you said, they don't really have anyone else. No, they don't. But then who replaced him on the weekend? It was... Uh, Name escapes me now. The fullback, Reese Hodge. Reese Hodge came on and replaced him. Now, I don't really know Reese Hodge as a ten. He's played a bit all over. I think he's played. I'm sure I've seen him in Super Rugby play ten, twelve, wing. thirteen, wing, wing 15, yeah. and fifteen. Yeah. I think he's exactly Sterling what Mortlock, Mark two. Yeah, except I don't think Sterling Mort- Mortlock could even a- a- attempt to play ten. So having Reese Hodge there, it sort of steadied the ship a bit. It gave him much more direction. And I think, for a large part, that's why they won this, because Reese Hodge st- uh, was steering the ship home. Well, let's see how they line up uh, in, in the next game. Um, uh, just just on the actual coverage, did you, what, what did you make of the... Refreshing? The, uh, the coverage that well, was... I couldn't really hear it, so I was watching it on my phone. Was... It, it was unique, I understand. Uh, yeah, so... I, I Now, I quite understand this. So, Sky Sports for the... South Africa, New Zealand game took the South African coverage. Yeah. So I don't think Sky Sports spent a penny beyond just broadcasting the game from wherever the game was coming from. 
Yes, because it, 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 the coverage started, I was expecting like half an hour of build-up, and no, the coverage started nope. 10 minutes before, and yep. it was basically in stadium watching the uh, national anthems and then into the game. I was grateful to have it. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, that, that's absolutely. Fine. But the choice uh, with the Argentina-Australia game wasn't to take the Australia coverage, it was to take... And I don't even think it was the... We don't know. No, it definitely wasn't the native Argentinian coverage. It was the English-speaking native Argentinian was what it was. coverage. And I think it was coverage that was done for radio, which they used with the TV no. pictures. I believe so, because it definitely sounded like... It didn't sound like they were actually in the stadium. But they were English-speaking... Argentinians and fair play, their English is a lot better than my Spanish. But yep. it did it did make for an interesting couple of hours. So I, I've only watched the highlights of that, which had the Australian Sean Maloney and, and the usual Aussie comms on. Uh, so I've not seen, I've not had the pleasure of that, unfortunately. So I had the live, and then I watched it again with the Aussie comms. And the Aussie comms do make it a little bit more exciting. But it was an exciting game in its own right, to be fair. Yeah, uh, it was a good game. Uh, so the commentators at the end of the uh, Argent- Argentina Australia game, basically, there was the confusion. They they couldn't tell whether it was was that a try or not. Oh it, no, it looks like it's been given as a forward pass. Oh no, they've given the try. Basically, at the end, the guy just went, oh, "I'm really tired." And that was basically the <laughs> last thing the- he said. And then it was total <laughs> silence until the man of the match interview began. Wow! <laughs> wow! Fantastic. But uh, it's worth pointing out at this point. As well, that Australia are missing a lot of players for the rest of the tournament. So, Quake Hooper's one, Karevi's another one. Yeah. Um, whether Hooper comes back or not, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? But at this point, I'd move on anyway. Um, uh, just just in terms of bravery, and I'm, this is, again, uh, Michael Hooper's chosen not to play. That's, that's fine. Good on him. Fair play, whatever. Um, let's see, exactly as you said, let's see who fills in and, and how they get on. I also just think every time I see Argentina play, it's, it's worth reminding ourselves just what a horrendous schedule and challenge those guys had, both like living and training in a hotel and then being away from home for months and months and months, having to be in well, quarantine in other countries. And their, their win against the All Blacks at yeah. the end of that period when they had months training in a bubble... Um, God was just incredible. Yeah. I, that is yeah. one of the the all time great. Rugby that's wins. He, that, that's yeah. heroic. That yeah, yeah. Dealing just, with that, and just to back up your point about the travelling and stuff, I think cricket players are notorious for losing it. Really, uh, is the best way to put it, um, because they spend so much time away from home, and, and so it does. It does generally affect people. It really yeah. does. And with with cricket as well, I think there's more. On the individual, there's more pressure on the individual. Yeah, particularly particularly if you're a batsman, the pressure on the individual is phenomenally well, go, great. I'm pretty sure they go out of their way now, don't they, to make sure families come out at a certain time and there's a lot more support in cricket than there used to be because it was so brutal. Yeah, you, you just go on tour for a half a year and get hammered most of it, except for when you, if you're standing in a field looking for a ball. I mean, I've got less sympathy when they're going, oh, I'm going to, oh, it's so tight, I'm going to India for six weeks to go and earn half a million quid. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah well, that, they're well compensated if they play yeah. in the IPL. Yeah. yeah, No complaints there. No, yes. no, no. no. Um, Australia. I think, they're, I think they're looking okay, you know. I mean, they're lo- losing a lot of players, but they, they've got a, a bit of a tougher core than I originally thought that they had. Yeah, I... I I said it when they played against England. I thought they were 
quite an impressive team because they Agreed. almost in every game they, they were dropping like flies. Mm. By the way, against England, I said they were one of the worst international teams, if not the worst tier one international team. I just think this this win showed a little bit more grit. That's what I wanted to say. The player that I love and I think is developing into a true world superstar is Tom Wright. So it's going to be interesting because I was reading a little bit about him. He played a lot of age grade rugby at ten, apparently. Really? So he can play across the back line. He's obviously played wing, played winning for the Brumbies, played fullback in this game. Mm. Be interested to see how. Now that's that's not uncommon. We just spoke about Reese Hodge, who's mm. one of many. Well, it's many not unusual Australia. for Australia. Not, yeah. for Australia yeah. not unusual for Australians. Curly, it could be Curly Beal. It could, it could be Curly Beal. It could be. Mike Pisani. Yeah. Um, Pattaya, who's played around there, played in the centre, played it could be in the James back O'Connor. three. James O'Connor. What was it? Beric Barnes. Yeah, as a, as a classic Barnes. of the genre. Get me Beric Barnes on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's still only about 32, Beric Barnes. Oh, there's so many that have played multiple. Elton Flatley. Elton, get me Flatley. Elton Flatley on the yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah. Phenom- uh, phenomenal be... depth of these boys. Yeah, uh, t- players, that can, that players that can basically play everywhere. Um, did, did Matt Rogers play a bit of 10? I mean, I'm not. I'm surely not calling up Matt Rogers at any soon. <laughs> but it's just an idea. Well, he's 36, Barry Barnes. I'm a bit older than I gave him credit Is for. Is he still playing? Uh, his Wikipedia page again, notoriously unreliable. Had him in 2020 for the Rico Black Rams. Yeah, who was that Australia was. 10 that was just a 10, and he was uh, that for Foley. years, for years. Foley. Bernard Foley was was. Yeah, was he the one? He was. He was just as he played. He won it. Won Super Rugby with the with Sydney Brumbies. Not Brumby's um, Waratahs. Um, and he's only, I just looked him up before, actually, he's only 32 uh, and playing Japan. in Japan. Of course he is. <laughs> Making well, some. So he, was, he was a bit of an anomaly, just a, an only a 10. He just just like, a 10. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much exclusively a 10. He was like, he had the stature of. Yeah, he had the stature of Ryan Lamb, but sort of the game control of Owen Farrell. That was the sort of guy, <laughs> that's the kind yeah. of guy he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's not a bad comparison. Yeah. Um, Tom Wright, I think, is brilliant. Yep. And he also plays on the edge of legality, like right on the edge. So I don't know if you noticed, he scored a nice little 1-2 against England. And he had a bit of uh, backwards and a bit of chopsy with um, Freddie Stewart yep. for that try, which Freddie Stewart then scored against him on his on Tom Wright's wing and mm-hmm. gave him a little bit back after that try in the corner. And that was the final test, wasn't Have it? you noticed the lines he runs though, once Maybe he passes not. the ball? So he passes the ball, and I need to watch England try, but certainly the near, he didn't get a try this time around, but they made some serious yardage. He passes the ball, and he runs almost like ahead of the ball carrier, but not so far ahead he can't drop back to receive the ball. Almost like a blocking line. So okay, it, like, the line he's running is exactly the right line he needs to be to score a try should he receive it. He runs slightly ahead. It makes the covering defence really hard to get to get on get on onto the ball carrier and then he drops back to receive it. I thought that's really smart and I'm sure it's illegal. It looks like it looks like he's almost You can't stay ahead. You can't actively stay ahead of the ball carrier, can you? Because you're in an offside position. You've got to retreat. We can't you can't you can stay ahead but you just can't yeah, I don't you think can't there is an offside, um, is there? prevent a tackle as a result. I mean, you can't if you're not got a ball from a kick because you you, you are in an offside position if you're ahead of the, the ball. Yeah, yeah, but, the, but the ball either goes flat or backwards, doesn't it? It doesn't, for, doesn't matter where you are in relation yes, to the ball. because if the ball went forward and you picked it up, you'd be offside. You'd be offside, yeah. yeah, but, be yeah. If you're in an offside position, there's an onus on you to retreat to an onside position. Yeah, so he's fractionally... So you should be, yeah, so you should... Well, well, you'd never get 
unless you did something illegal, I, I'm sure the laws as, as written would be if you're in an offside position, you've got to make every effort to retreat. So you can't then just run ahead of so, the ball. Yeah, carrier. so he's not massively ahead. I mean, you're talking fractionally. And of course, the closer he gets to the man that he passed the ball to, the more protection he's give, giving him. So it's quite a neat little thing he does. Then he drops back and he receives the ball and off he goes. But I think this guy's an absolute superstar. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And, and he's quite a big, strong boy as well. He is, is a he? BSB. How, how big is he? I think, I think he looks... He's not, my, he's I, not, my, it's not a Kremer. Is he perfect Kremer? He's not, he's not six foot seven and 116 kg. But there's oh, right. not too many wingers who are. Matt no. Banahan, besides. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would I'd put him as 6'2 and a bit over 100 kg. Ooh, maybe 105. I, that's a, that's, a, that's, I, I that's a BSB for a winner. Just, just looking at him, I'd like say... He's like an Hassel Collins size. He's six foot, I'd say, and I bet he's 89 kilograms. I'd give no, s- no, 92 kilograms. 6'1", 96. Let's have a look here. He's 6'2", uh, about 186, so just over 6'1". And he's listed as 98 on the, on 90, the Wallabies. He is big, yeah, fair, yeah. fair enough. BSB. Although I remember um, AJ McGinty telling me he's 6'2 and he's not 6'2. He's 6'4, <laughs> max. 6'4 on the nose. Definitely but nose. you said he was under 6'0 because you're exactly 6'4. Exactly, yeah, nose. that's exactly what and he's, yeah, he's an inch shorter than you, so he's 5'11. So you're better at weighing people than heighting people. No, so the gag is, Tim, I always tell people I'm 6'0. On the nose. On the nose. Oh, just to wind them up. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, there's, there's this certain breed of... Because it, it doesn't matter to me, because I'm, what, six inches shorter than if, you, if you're just close to six if foot. You, if you're a man who's just under or just on six it's foot... It's a big deal they, for men. Yeah. Men, men who are just on the nose of six foot or a centimetre short have this real big thing about being six foot. Oh, I'm six foot. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably more like six two. <laughs> yeah, six so JB's half, six right? two and we'll stand next to people who are like five <laughs> eleven and three quarters. And be like, you can't because I'm six foot on the nose. How tall are you, mate? I'm, I'm six foot. No, you're not. You're I've not seen six foot. so many people. Like, a good friends of ours like, <laughs> go wild about it. No, I am. I am six foot. I am six foot and, one, and half an inch. One guy I, I played with the next day went to the gym to get himself measured and then took <laughs> a picture of it and sent it to me. <laughs> it's so funny. I've seen you do it so many. And people, this you, you pick your victim. If it, someone fits that profile, they fall for it every... every uh, AJ McGinty fell for it every time. Hook, what? what? I'm six foot two. You're not, mate. You can't be. I'm six foot exactly. <laughs> so you, you'll iron him up like, no, you must be 5'11 at best, AJ. <laughs> I'm a professional athlete! Doesn't matter, mate. Why would I lie about my height? <laughs> yeah, why would you lie to make yourself shorter than you actually are? That would be insane. Uh, well, we'll soon we'll be able to... When we do our Bristol team preview, we'll, we'll be able to look what stats he's been given in on their website. Yeah, Ooh. updated stats. And with that, let's um, let's let's go to uh, another podcast. Let's wrap this one up. Um, Roger that. Hold on a second. Uh oh, what's going on here? Oh, I'll have to I'll have to review that email before we share it. We just just literally. Uh, is that the popcorn one? I don't know. Is it? Yeah, one from yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're not reading it. Need to read. um, <laughs> right, go on, Tim. Oh, hold on, hold on a second. Ow! <laughs> Still on nail. Go on, Tim. Wrap this up. Okay, hold on, hold on. I'm just checking. I haven't missed anything. Oh, I can do. We got another podcast, so I can I can do it. Right, there's another one in your feed. Hit subscribe, leave a five star review. Go to patreon.com forward slash eggchasers for more content. Email us contact eggchasers at gmail dot com and let the boys play. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.